because that's just ridiculous. Okay, that's stupid. That's absolutely insane. And, you know, hardly anyone, I, if anyone even believes that today. I remember when we were soul winning uh, this past summer at the Indian Reservation in Wisconsin, they were talking about some really, like, weird beliefs that they had. None of them mentioned this story specifically, but that's just because we weren't really on that subject. But they talked a lot about, you know, the great spirit and, you know, what happens after you die. <laughs> it's like you cross the log, and if you're able to make it across the log, you get to the, go to the great hunting land or something. I don't know. It's some really just bizarre things. But so then after they taught us about that, and everyone just kind of was like, yeah, you know, that's a dumb story. Native Americans don't know anything. Then they went into, you know, the ancient Egyptian religion. And, you know, this is different than what that was because the Native Americans, you know, one thing I didn't mention about that story, they still acknowledged that there was a higher power than them, and they acknowledged that it was basically one. They, I think they believed in one God. They refer to it as the Great Spirit. They don't refer to it as God or anything like that. But so they believed in one the ancient Egyptians, however, had a polytheistic religion. Basically, everything that there was, you know, from the sun, from the water, from the wind, the air, just everything, there was a god for that. So, you know, what would happen is, is they would make sacrifices and offerings to each of these gods in order to gain favor from the gods. So, say that there was a drought, well, they would make sacrifices and offerings to the rain god to try to get rain and then see if they could do that. Or, you know, if there was just too much rain, they'd make sacrifices and offerings to the sun god and then try to get the sun. But basically, over time, the people also believed that these leaders, you know, the pharaohs had divine powers. And we were just reading about that in Genesis uh, where Joseph was convincing his brothers that he had the power to divine and that he was into all these Egyptian practices. So this stuff's even recorded in the Bible, some of it. But the thing is, you know, over time, this religion just kind of lost its practice because they realized that things just kind of happen. You know, that droughts happen, rain happens, and just over time, there got to not be as much of a need for these things as the civilization developed and as it got more advanced. So the more advanced that the Native Americans got, the more they realized hey, the idea of an earth being on a turtle's back and just growing magically to what it is today is a stupid idea. And the Egyptians basically saying, hey, praying to the sun is stupid, you know, and they eventually realize it's dumb. So in the public school, you know, they go through and they just talk about all these different religions. They talk about, you know, the Native American religion, you know, old and outdated, not useful anymore. Then they talk about all the different ancient societies. They talk about Greece. They talk about Rome. They talk about Egypt. And it's old and outdated anymore. Not very many people believe it. And then it's like, after we've talked about all these different religions, now let's talk about the modern-day bandage that we use, Christianity. You know, now let's talk about how our society now instead, you know, this is our bandage that we use to explain the different things that we can't explain, but someday our society is going to get advanced enough to where we don't need it anymore, basically. That is garbage, okay? This idea that Christianity is just some kind of a bandage and that we don't really need it. We just kind of use it to explain the world around us is absolutely ridiculous. Now, what they do, though, at least what they did in the class that I was in on the curriculum that they have on their website, is they combine them all together. You know, basically all modern-day religions, they kind of unite them in a way 
where they basically put the Jews, the Christians, the Muslims, the Hindus, they kind of group them all into one thing. Because there's one thing that's similar with all of them, at least in terms of creation, and that they all hold the belief that God created their world. So today, you know, at least most religions, while they're very different one from another, they all pretty much recognize the fact that the world just didn't kind of come to exist, that something created the world. And each religion attributes that to their God that they worship. Now, the thing is, the way that the public school teaches this, though, is they just kind of list off all these stupid religions and all these dumb stories. And so they basically are comparing and contrasting the God of heaven to a muskrat putting a you know mini earth on top of a turtle's back and growing into the world that is today. That's the image that they put in a child's mind of what God is. That's wicked. I mean, and the thing is, it works, does it not? I mean, are atheists not growing by the droves today? I, I think atheism, you know, they, they don't consider it a religion, but it is a religion, you know, is one of the fastest growing religions in the world today. More people are becoming atheists today than ever before. And <clears throat> here's the thing, though, about the way that they'll teach religion in the public school they can't just come out and say, you know, Christianity is the true religion or Muslim is, the, you know, Islam is the true religion or Hinduism is the true religion because they're not allowed to because of, you know, laws that we have in place of our country in terms of separation of church and state and things like that. Here's the problem, though. You can't look at religion and not go at it from some kind of perspective of one is right and the other is wrong. It's, it's very difficult to just kind of lay out both religions on one top of another and say what they believe, but then not favor one over the other, excuse me, especially if the teacher themselves has a personal belief of their own. So what they do is instead of just kind of looking at it with the scope of, well, Christianity is true, all these other ones are false, here's why, they use the scope of well, here's what all these other ones believe, but let's look at it from the perspective of an atheist, though they don't tell you that. Because in the mind of them, since we're looking at things like the Native Americans, we're looking at things like the Egyptians, where basically these religions, you just kind of study how they fade away after a while. They talk about, you know, religions last, you know, a few thousand years, and it's like Christianity is like 2,000 years old, so eventually it's just going to kind of fade away also. You know, they get it in your mind that, well, religion is just kind of something that fades away. And that's literally the definition that I got straight off of the website for what they want to teach about religion. That literally, in quotes, early civilizations developed religious beliefs to explain the world around them. Like someone just kind of came up with these things. Somebody just came up with the book of Genesis about how God created the whole entire world. That's absolute garbage. But so let's look at what the Bible actually says about creation. In Genesis chapter number one. Verse number one, very crystal clear statement that there's no debate to at all. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Crystal clear. There, there's no debate there. And, you know, we'll look through the rest of the chapter here in just a second. But in verse number two, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, people try to teach this weird thing called the gap theory here, where they take all the junk that the world comes up with, like the Big Bang Theory, which we'll get into in just a moment, and about, you know, evolution and everything. And they just basically say, well, the Big Bang Theory and the millions of billions of years and everything just takes place in between verse number one and verse number two. That is 
bizarre and ridiculous, okay? Nobody would just read through Genesis chapter 1 and see a gap of millions and billions of years in between verse number 1 and 2. Nobody would read that and come up with that out of their mind. That's someone trying to make science fit with the Bible. And I just preached this past uh, Sunday school about the importance of education because I don't want to just stand up here and make it out to be like I think science is stupid or like I think that education is stupid. What I think is stupid is atheism. What I think is stupid is the fake science that tries to teach that we're all just a bunch of monkeys that are a little bit further along than the other monkeys that exist today. That is ridiculous and that's not real science, okay? I don't hate science at all. I'm not against science because real science matches up with what the Bible says. And a lot of times, science is just kind of catching up to what the Bible says today. And there's a lot of things in the Bible. For example, running water. They just used to dip their hands in water and run them like that. So, you know, science has proven itself over the period of time that it's actually catching up to the Bible rather than the Bible catching up to science. You know, the Bible's crystal clear, and it's written from God who invented science in the first place. It makes a lot of sense that the Bible's pretty accurate on these things. So verse number three, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters was called the seas. And God saw that it was good. So let's compare and contrast here. Which is more likely? A muskrat diving down beneath the water, picking up a mini earth, setting it on a turtle's back and it magically growing. Or, you know, God that exists out of time and space. He's in eternity and just creates the earth you know that makes a little bit more sense to me but i don't know you know there's a lot of different people out there and we should just respect everyone's beliefs and not you know tell them when they're wrong okay whatever verse number 11 says and god said let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made stars also. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. So I just want to pause right here for a second because we're going to get into the Big Bang Theory in a moment. But the Big Bang Theory, at the end of the day, everyone just has to remember it's a theory. Okay, this is being taught as fact in school today. And they're teaching these kids that basically somehow we all just kind of exploded and that's how everything is today. There was mass destruction, and somehow the whole entire universe was created, and it's still creating itself over and over and over again, and we just kind of came to be by chance. Now, the thing that they say that this claimer is, is that we're never really going to know for sure. We can just kind of look at different light radiations or different you know, blast patterns in the atmosphere, 
And, you know, that's how we know about the Big Bang Theory. What we're reading right now in the book of Genesis in chapter 1 is clear, concise information from the Word of God. There's no questions. You don't have to wonder, you know, about, well, where did the sun come from? Is it the sun god, Ra, that the Egyptians pray to that made the sun? No, actually, God just said that he set up the sun to rule the day and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. Clear statements. There's no debate here. You know, we see where the seas come into play and where the earth comes into play. It's crystal clear. You know, and the Big Bang Theory is just this idea that over the course of millions and billions of years, water just kind of came to exist and life just kind of came out of a bunch of rocks. You know, and it's, it's bizarre teaching, but the Bible actually makes sense. What doesn't make sense is a massive explosion. What doesn't make sense is, you know, a, you know weird religions like the Native American religion. It's a disgrace to try to even say a stupid story like that and put it next to the name of Christianity like it's comparable. Nothing's comparable. It's a disgrace to compare the Big Bang Theory to Genesis chapter 1. The Big Bang Theory is stupid. I don't care how educated the scientists are that stand up and say that the whole world just created itself from an explosion. They're idiots. I don't care how long you went to college for. I don't care how many different mathematical, scientific equations you can show me to show me your fake science. You're a fool. You know, th that's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all just from a logic standpoint, let alone a biblical standpoint. Verse number 19, the Bible says, In the evening and the morning were the fourth day, and God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and after every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. Notice in verse number 22, life begets life. Not rocks beget life, not stardust begets life. They were created by God. God gave them life. And in order for more life to exist, they, the living creatures, had to multiply into other living creatures. Inanimate objects cannot create life. Scientists today cannot even take an inanimate object with how advanced as a society we are and how medically advanced we are can't take a rock and turn it into a person. They can't turn a rock into even a cell. It is impossible. Everything brings forth after its own kind. That still proves to be true today, yet people still believe something dumb like evolution, that we can just come to be from nothing. It absolutely blows my mind. Verse number 23, In the evening and the morning were the fifth day, and God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and the creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, 
and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to every thing that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good in the evening and the morning for the sixth day. So this right here is a clear story. It's not, you know, up for some random interpretation, like maybe the days could be extended periods of time. These are all just, you know, different ideas like the gap theory that I mentioned earlier and making the days figurative speech rather than just plain, concise, God created the world and everything in six days. These are all just attempts to try to make science, that the fake science that evolutionists teach in the Bible mixed together. You can't mix the two. They don't make sense. You can't try to take, you know, a, you know, I don't even know, a deformed peg and fit it into a square hole, you know. That I can't even relate evolution or the Big Bang Theory to some kind of shape because it just doesn't make sense. None of it is clear. None of it's concise. It's all just some kind of stupid idea, and they don't even all agree with one another on what they teach in the first place. Every single thing that you read about the Big Bang Theory is kind of all over the place. You know, the millions and billions of years are arranged in different areas. The timelines are all different. They're not consistent with one another because it's not a consistent thing. It's fake, okay? It doesn't exist. I can just dream up any stupid idea in my head, call it fact, and I guess the public school might teach it for me, you know, because that's what they're doing with the Big Bang Theory and evolution. But So what I'm saying now about atheism wasn't necessarily taught to me back in sixth grade. That was just kind of the perspective that we looked at it from, but none of us really realized it back then. Ninth grade, you know, your freshman year of high school in Ohio was basically your introduction to atheism in the science class there go to psalms chapter number 14 psalms chapter number 14 the introduction to atheism now this is the famous big bang theory when we started learning about that that i've been referencing a lot throughout uh when i was going through genesis chapter one but so here's a space.com article on the big bang theory so number one it says, the Big Bang Theory is the leading explanation about how the universe began. At its simplest, it says the universe as we know it started with a small singularity then inflated over the next 13.8 billion years to the cosmos that we know today. Now, notice the language that they use there. Started with a small singularity then inflated over the next 13.8 billion years to the cosmos that we know today. Remember that great turtle story that we all just kind of laughed at and thought was so stupid? You know, how, how it's so dumb that a muskrat would put a little tiny earth on the back of the turtle and it would just magically grow? Here's the facts, though. It was actually just some random little dot in the middle of space that magically grew by itself with no animal intervention at all. You know, that sounds a lot more like the great turtle and the muskrat story than truth to me. It's just as stupid. In fact, I, I would even go as far to say it's even more stupid. That just something like that in the world that we have today, in our complex bodies and different animals and creatures and trees and plants and you know everything, just came to be by chance. That's absolutely garbage. But you know the thing that's interesting though also is that they say the Big Bang theory is the leading explanation. Okay, 
Well, that's funny because a survey done in 2014 showed that only around 20% of people are confident that the Big Bang Theory is true. But it's the leading explanation. Now, that's not true at all. Because most people, in 2014 at least, believe that somebody created everything right now because it's a bizarre and insane and reality-denying thought that this all just kind of came to be by chance and we're just all here you know, by accident, basically. That is a ridiculous idea. And in Psalms chapter number 14, the very first verse says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside, and they are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, not one. Notice verse number four. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, when the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people. Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. But notice in verse number four specifically, have the workers of iniquity no knowledge? I mean, how stupid do these people think that we are? You know, honestly. To sit down people and try to just explain to them some ridiculous idea that we all just kind of came to be by accident and that the universe just created itself. There's no creator. There's nothing. Okay, this is insane, but here's the thing. We are that stupid. Americans are that stupid. Teenagers in high school are that stupid because people believe this junk. And you know, the thing is, if you ask older people that didn't get taught this trash in the public school what they believe, They'll tell you, well, yeah, the Big Bang Theory is stupid. But the thing is, they teach it in the public school now as fact, okay? If you say that you don't believe that, you get your answer marked wrong, okay? And you say, well, you know, they wouldn't do that because it's just a theory. Okay, well, my wife, her freshman year of high school, when they were going through the Big Bang Theory, had a test, and it was written on there. And the last question on the test was, do you believe the Big Bang Theory is true, yes or no? Okay, and it basically, why or why not? My wife wrote Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, she, she wrote it out. She didn't just, you know, write the verse. She wrote it out. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Wrong. So that answer got marked wrong. And the explanation was, well, you didn't say yes or no. Whether or not I believe it. You just gave an explanation. Okay, if someone asks me, did you eat dinner tonight? I said, yes, I had a sandwich, green beans, and mashed potatoes. Well, it, okay, I didn't say it. I would just say, I wouldn't give a yes or no answer. I would just say, this is what I ate, basically. Just tell you what I ate. That's answering, yes, I had dinner, and I'm telling you my explanation. If you ask, do you think that the universe just kind of created itself out of nowhere and that we all just came to be, and you say, God created the heaven and the earth, that's saying, no, that's a stupid idea. I don't believe that, okay? But the answer gets marked wrong anyways because... They want you to believe that. It's not an option to have a different opinion on this issue. This is what is being taught as fact in the public school system. That's not up for debate. That is literally what they're doing today. Then I had another thing, because when I was a freshman in high school, I wasn't saved at that point in time. I got saved my sophomore year of high school. And I had a good friend who was basically, you know, a hardcore atheist. I remember I got saved, and he was telling me 
about the fact that, you know, do you really think that the earth is only 6,000 years old? Like kind of poking fun at me. And at the time I was kind of new. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's what I believe. But, you know, they were all just kind of like, you're so stupid. I'm thinking, you think you're a monkey. You think you came out of nowhere. You think you're just a bunch of stardust. But I'm the crazy guy for thinking that God created me, for thinking that I made in the image of God. This is absolute garbage, okay? Absolute garbage. Go to Isaiah chapter number 45. Isaiah chapter number 45. And not only in my freshman year was I taught junk about God in science class, but also our world history class. The world history class, we were taught some really wicked doctrine, in my opinion, because again, we're revisiting this subject of just kind of looking at religion as the way that early civilizations come to be, as the way that things come. And what happens is, is we have our teacher get up, who was a Catholic and had no, you know, hard feelings teaching this to us, that, you know, we're going through these different religions and we're basically looking at, you know, look, this is what the Christians believe. You know, they believe in one God. You know, they call him God. This is what the Muslims believe. They call him Allah. But the thing is, the Muslims, Allah, to them, just means God. So the thing is, Muslims and Christians worship the same God. He says this as a practicing Catholic. But the thing is, everyone in the room is just like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Muslims and Christians are the exact same kind of thing. Because they don't know the Bible at all. They don't understand anything so we have this weird one-world religion type of idea, like, oh, we're practically the exact same people. You know, I had a friend that was a Muslim in the school that I went to, and he was actually one of my best friends. You know, the thing is, with him, he had to pray five specific times a day in a specific direction towards Mecca. You know, he had to fast, you know, for an entire month out of the year during Ramadan. He did a ton of weird things. I just believed on Jesus Christ and got saved. Those two things are not the same, okay? These weird ideas that people have that all religions the same, everyone thinks the exact same way about things, they're stupid, okay? But this is what was taught. And you say, well, how does that teaching line up with the Bible? Well, look at Isaiah chapter number 45. Isaiah chapter number 45, verse number 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God comparable to God. Allah and God are not the same person. Allah is a fake God. That's a garbage religion started by a freak pedophile in Muhammad. Those two things are not the same. Christianity, Jesus Christ and Muhammad are not comparable. Okay. You know, any different religion out there lined up with the Bible is not comparable. You know, and there's all kinds of stupid excuses that people give. You know, Muslims specifically give the excuse, well, the reason the Quran sounds stupid compared to the Bible is because you have to read it in its original language for it to make sense. That's funny because I can read the Bible in English, I can read the Bible in Spanish, I can read the Bible in Greek, and it all sounds good and it all makes sense. Okay, but the Quran just doesn't. You know why? Because one's the word of God and one was written by a freak. Okay. That not being the Bible. The Bible actually doesn't just have one human author. It has multiple human authors. There's no contradictions in it. The message all lines up. The message is all consistent. More proof that it's God that wrote this as he spake through holy men, through the Holy Ghost, as they wrote these things down. 
There is no God comparable. Verse number 7, Isaiah chapter number 45, says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation. Let the righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou? Or to thy work? He hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, What hast thou brought forth? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his Maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands and command you me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. No Big Bang, no other gods involved, no other different religions involved. One God, the Lord God Almighty, created everything that we have today. Everything. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You say, well, all the good things come from God, all the bad things come from the devil. Well, Amos chapter 3 verse number 6 says, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be an evil in the city and the Lord hath not done it? And you say, well, you know, that's, you know, just a question. It's not concise. Well, look at verse number 7, Isaiah chapter 45. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, Lord, do all these things. God is not just a good God. You know, he's good to us, but he's a terror to wicked people. So he'll create evil. He'll bring judgment upon places. And that's another issue that we have just with the world and Christianity today. Another reason that people leave Christianity and become atheists is because they'll have something bad happen to them. And they hear in their stupid liberal churches that God never does anything bad and God is always good and God will make you prosper. You know what? Life has an end to it and people die. You know, it's not always a good thing when you have close family members to you that die. It's not good when you're a young child and you have a parent die. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you or that God is wicked. Okay, but these places teach basically that God can't do anything wrong. God will never do anything wrong. So you knock on these doors and you hear people say that they don't believe in God. And it's like, why do you not believe in God? Well, because, you know, my dad died. Well, my mom died. Something like that. Because they have this weird, distorted view of who God is. Verse number seven, it says that he forms the light and he creates darkness. He makes peace and he creates evil. He created everything. And you know what? I don't have a complaint about the way God does things because how am I, as the clay, going to say anything to the potter that made me? How can I complain about God and the way that he's made this world to be? How can I complain about the climate? How can I complain about anything? I'm thankful that I can even wake up and breathe in the morning because he gave me life in the first place. How can we say anything? How can we complain against God? But, you know, after that, after, you know, your time in ninth grade, when you're getting your introduction to atheism, then you go on into your 11th and 12th grade propaganda to send you to college. You know, I, I saw this video one time, uh, and it was, it was really funny because it shows just kind of the atheist perspective of the world in general. And it was like a, it was like a life simulator, you know, video. It was like a two-minute-long video just kind of explaining life. And it was like, 
you know, your first 18 years are kind of just like a, what's that part in the video game when you're trying to learn, like a tutorial stage? Your first 18 years are kind of like a tutorial stage that really aren't trying to do anything but sell you the extra tutorial that you get after you're done, you know, for another four years or so after that. And that's really true after your 11th and 12th grade year in high school. It is just a prep for the godless college universities of this country today. You know, I remember my junior and senior year. It was more so on the junior year because they expected you to know where you were going to go to college your senior year. And your senior year, you just didn't really do anything at all. But we would always have, you know, constant, just colleges coming in. And it was like pressure on you. You know, you're in these smart classes. You get good grades. If you don't go to college, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, but meanwhile, they're telling you this. And it's like, oh, well, how much does college cost? Well, don't worry. The government will just give you a loan for it. And the government can pay for everything. Conveniently, okay, right after they get you hooked on the fact you need college. You can't be successful without college. You'll never be able to get a career. You'll never be able to make money. Conveniently, they hook you up with the government to give you thousands upon thousands of dollars on loans. And then they tell you about this guy named Bernie Sanders that wants to give you college for free. And what a wonderful idea, what this terrible issue that we have right now of student loan debt that's just drowning the nation. We need to elect Bernie Sanders to the presidency, and he'll give me everything I want for free. And I can live this wonderful life, and everything can be happy. And you say, oh, you know, people aren't that stupid. People are that stupid. Okay? People on this site, you know, we can talk after the service about whether you think the election was fake or not. 75 million people voted for Joe Biden. You know, we can talk about, you know, whether those were fake or not. But look, we all know that there were millions, regardless of people that voted for Joe Biden. That's an issue that we even have people in this country dumb enough to do that. It's an issue that there's a guy as crazy as Bernie Sanders, who's an open communist who was running neck and neck against Joe Biden for the Democratic nominee. That is absolutely insane. But you know, the reason why that's happening is because that's what people want. And I'm telling you, it's because there's nothing else that people care about. Everyone has, in terms of politics, like one issue that pretty much just sets them on either side. And, you know, we can talk all we want about how well, I'm just completely, I'm on a completely different bird. I don't side with any political party at all. Okay, well, just pretend for a second that the Republican Party actually is against abortion. Okay, abortion would be, if abortion would actually end, okay, if someone would literally get up and actually do all the things necessary to get rid of abortion, I would actually register to vote and I would go vote. Now, personally, I don't believe that Trump was really against abortion. I don't think that he really cared that much. I think he could have appointed better judges than he did. And I think that the Supreme Court, regardless, isn't even going to do anything about Roe v. Wade because even this latest judge that he appointed said that, well, you know, that was already decided. We're probably not going to touch that. He said in the debates that, you know, well, we're not really going to touch that. But to me, abortion is the one issue that I care more about in this country more than anything. You know, under the hypothetical that we would have to live in, you know, I'd have to get 50% of my income tax, but we'd stop killing 3,000 kids a day, I would do it, honestly. Because that's such a wicked, horrible thing that our country does. But what happens is, is you have a wicked person like Bernie Sanders get up and tell these young people, 
hey, I'll pay your whole entire way to college and you can do whatever you want with life. But then they don't talk about, you know, the 50% taxes that they're going to get. They don't talk about the wicked, horrible morality that our society is going to get because of those things. But the thing is, they just kind of brainwash them. College is the most important thing to you. College is the most important thing to you. You'll never do anything without college. And then make them think that they need it in order to survive, which, by the way, you know, I never went to college and I'm doing just fine, okay? But so, you know, you've got this where they just get it focused on their minds that they need college. They need this. They throw every other issue out the door. And it's just a selfish thing where they're told that they need it and it's necessary. And you say, well, you know, they're not really full-on communists or they're not doing this. Okay, well, my senior year, they just started a sociology course. I've told a lot of you the story already. But they just started a sociology course in our school, which is basically just a study of people. And I knew for a fact that course was going to be absolute garbage just because pretty much everything at that point in the public school was absolute garbage. But so the very first day of the school, you know, the teacher's handing us our materials and she's just talking about sociologists and famous sociologists that she's known in the past. But she said that her favorite one and that we all need to start reading his stuff immediately was Karl Marx. You know, and everyone in the room is like, wow, I've heard of that guy before. He's awesome. Like, Yeah. You know, like the millions upon millions of people that are dead right now because of his stupid ideologies. That guy. He's the one that we need to learn from. The thing is, these people just get brainwashed. You know, you're taught from a really young age in school, respect your teachers, you know, pay attention to your teachers. They're here to teach you. And, you know, I don't think we should be disrespectful to people that are above us, especially in school. You know, if you are a kid in school, don't go be an idiot to your teacher and, you know, be a jerk. You shouldn't do that. But the thing is, you're taught from a very young age, trust your teacher, trust all these people. And then the further up you go in school, the dumber the things that they teach you are. I'm not talking about math class. I'm not talking about, you know, a foreign language class. But I'm talking about some of these stupid things that they try to teach you in science. They're not science. They're not real. Evolution, I didn't even really get into a lot of that tonight. It's just a stupid and ridiculous idea, okay, but they teach this stuff and people understand it and they learn it. You know, and I want to just explain this thing again about this whole wrong answer thing where there's matters of opinions and there's matters of, you know, ridiculous ideas and you'll get your answers marked wrong. My last year of high school, my senior year of high school, we watched this whole documentary series about a guy uh, named Stephen Avery who, you know, they did a whole Netflix series on him. It's called Making a Murderer. And he's actually from around the Wisconsin area. And that was just a crazy story. And, you know, they made this, you know, huge documentary series on him where, you know, they found that they, basically the plot line was there's a guy who wanted, you know, who was found for murder. He's in jail right now along with his uh, young, I think his nephew, that they're in jail together. And basically the story is that he's framed. You know, they had his blood like the police had his blood, and they put blood on the crime scene. They frame this guy and everything. And it gets really deep, and there's a lot of stuff, and I'm not going to lie, they make a pretty convincing argument that the police framed this guy, and he shouldn't be in jail right now. Here's the thing, though. There's other stuff about him, too, that just makes him out to be, you know, textbook material for a psychopath killer in the first place, like, you know, burning cats alive in a fire, <laughs> you know, th just like throwing animals in a fire, you know, other insane things. And, you know, he's just someone that it would be easy to say he's an undesirable. We don't need him in our society. Let's just put him in jail. He's dangerous. 
And so that's what we were supposed to get out of this documentary. Well, the thing is, the documentary doesn't show anything else from the prosecution side. They only show the defense. And when you look at a story, no matter how crazy it is, if you only look at one side of the story, you're probably going to side with that side of the story. Well, we were given an essay prompt to basically say whether we thought he was guilty or whether he wasn't guilty. And I pretty much just wrote an essay about the guy's clearly a psychopath. You know, he's got a bunch of things wrong with him. And, you know, I was someone that got straight A's in school. Every once in a while, I get a B. I got a C overall in that English class that year, and I got a D on that paper because I disagreed with the teacher on what the correct answer was. I was getting the stuff wrong all the time in that class because she was a flaming idiot in terms of just her stupid ideologies. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not one of those people that just sees something stupid like that and it's just like, well, I'll just mark the wrong answer anyways just to get a good grade on the test. You know, I didn't want to do that. And the thing is, it's garbage. You know what? Kids should not have to be in school today and say some stupid junk like the Big Bang Theory or evolution or any other thing that these teachers are trying to tell them today just to get a good grade or just to pass by. And then the thing is, I didn't even write anything about this because I don't have personal experience, but my wife does. And I've talked to her about just the godless environment that college is and just the constant mockery of God. And she went to college originally for a nurse, but she decided she didn't like that field and went into becoming a social worker. And that is like the worst place you can go as a Christian to be. She's, you know, went through some of the worst things there, you know, and those are stories for another day. But so the thing is, we look at this and it's kind of a pessimistic idea. It's kind of something that is like, man, what are we going to do? You know, we're a small church in Rock Falls, Illinois, and we've got the public school system where virtually every single kid in this entire country goes and just gets indoctrinated all the way up, you know, to where most of them just don't believe in God anymore. You know, I, that survey that I mentioned earlier about 2014, excuse me, that, you know, surveyed people and said, well, about only 20% of people believe in the Big Bang Theory to be true. I'd be interested to see a survey done on people that are in their 20s, how many of them believe the Big Bang Theory to be true, because I think around that time period was when they started teaching the Big Bang Theory anyways, and see how effective the public school is at getting that stuff pounded into people's brains. But, you know, the thing is, this generation that's up and coming is worse than ever before. I guarantee you the generation that's behind mine that's going to go through school in the next 20 years or whatever, they're going to be even worse than my generation in terms of just their stupid ideologies. And this is just the downfall of our nation and what happens. And it's no surprise as we, as a nation, reject God. We, you know, reject the Lord in speech. We reject the Lord in action. So it's no surprise that we as a nation just get worse and worse and worse for a place to live as Christians. But that being said, you know, what's our response to this? What's our response to the public school system? What's our response to how we deal with these people or what we even do with ourselves? You know, for starters, you know, I don't think it would be a bad idea if you don't consider homeschooling for your personal family. I'm not going to speak a whole lot on how to do this because we haven't crossed that bridge yet in our lifetime. But, you know, it's a rough thing to think about, you know, sending your kids to an environment like that where they're just going to be taught that God doesn't exist. You know, a harsh environment where they're going to be told that there is no God, that, you know, science and the Big Bang Theory and all these different things. And I, I'm not anti-science. I'm anti-stupid garbage like the Big Bang Theory and evolution. That is not real science. That's a wicked idea. Okay, but so the thing is, it's just, do you want to subject your children to that? And it's not like you can't come out of it and be okay. My wife's okay. Her whole entire family virtually went to public school. They're all still Christians. It's not something that can't be survived. 
But it's just something that, you know, do you want to take that risk? And I understand it's not an option for everybody, but just a thought there. But so a second thought that I wanted to bring up, you know, is that we have to try to reach these people in some way, shape, or form. I didn't look up the statistic because I think it's pretty much a pointless statistic to look up. Virtually every single kid in this country goes to public school today. Okay. So are we just supposed to say that every single one of these kids is just supposed to go to hell? You know, are we just kind of going to toss them to the side and not mess with them? No, we actually have to reach these people. You know, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackless, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but come, that all should come to repentance. You know, I believe that God wants to save these freak liberals that are in these montages back in 2016 from when Trump won the election. You know, everyone that makes that meme about that woman is just, no! You know, if she's not a reprobate, God wants to save her. You know, honestly. You say, well, someone like her could never get saved. Okay, well, there was a point in time in my life when I was in public school that I actually thought that God didn't exist because of the junk that they taught there. But I got saved. You know, because my wife, someone that actually cared about me, didn't just write me off as an idiot. Didn't just write me off as someone that would never give me a chance. And let me tell you something. We just went to East St. Louis and saw 20 people saved with just eight soul winners. I guarantee you there was not a single person there that had good ideologies in terms of how the country should be run. But 20 of them got saved. Okay? There was, I guarantee you, you know, and I'm not trying to just measure spirituality by who you vote for. I guarantee you every single person there, if they voted, voted for Biden. You know, honestly. And I guarantee you, when we go to Chicago, it's going to be the same way. We're not going to conservative areas. We're not going to people that, you know, really are, you know, nailed down on the fact that God created the world or anything like that. These are just people that have been run through the meat grinder of the public school system and whatever spit out on the other side still remaining is left. You know, a lot of them, you know, don't think for themselves. They just kind of look to the government for their resources. They look to the government for their needs. And it's our responsibility to try to reach these people. We can't just write them off and be all, you know, down on them and act like there's nothing we can do. And look, I brought up abortion earlier. Here's the thing. Let me just use abortion as an example. And I kind of got into this this past Sunday when I was talking. But, you know, abortion is one of those things that I've always just kind of had a hard time wrapping my mind around how that could even be an opposing view, how someone could think it's okay to kill an unborn child when you look at the monitor and you see the baby move. And believe me, I hate abortion. And honestly, this is my stance on abortion. I'll tell you right now, I think every single one of these doctors that daily kill these children should be put to death themselves. I think that these kids that are being murdered at the hands of these doctors every day should be held accountable. I think Planned Parenthood should be held accountable. I think any other company that is in this country should be held accountable for these things, along with the people that would kill their own children, even more so. I think this is a wicked, horrible thing in this country. But that being said, okay, I've thought a lot about this one. Is just how can this even be an opposing view? You know, I can look at socialism and I can look at communism and say, well, you know, they convince them that they need college and they just tell them that communism and socialism is the route to do it. And the reason their life is bad is because of capitalism. You know, I, I can kind of wrap my mind around something like that. I can't really understand it, but I can at least see the thought process. And I've thought a lot about abortion. Just how can someone think this way? Well, if you didn't realize you were a human made in the image of God, that you weren't just some coincidence, that the whole universe just exploded someday, 
and you just happen to be here, that you're a rock that evolved from a monkey, that just you just happen to be here now today, though you see that baby in your stomach as the mother, though you can hear the heartbeat, though you can see the movements, to you, to this world, to atheists, what happens when you die? They just think you go on the ground. They don't think there's any judgment. They don't think there's anything that happens after life. They just think, well, I just go on the ground. So to them, killing a baby isn't killing a person made in the image of God. It's killing a monkey made of a bunch of stardust. So you say, well, how can anyone think like that? Well, if you believe in something stupid like evolution, if you believe that we all just kind of came to be, that there's no purpose to life, that everything's just a coincidence, it kind of makes sense how someone could think like that. I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just telling you. We live in a wicked society today that pushes horrible, terrible things on us. And you know what? This is just an example of our society and one of the wicked practices that we have And you know what I attribute it to? The wicked public school system. Along with so many other things, it's the one common denominator. And you know what? It's our job as Christians who have the truth, who know the truth, who know what the Bible says about how we all came to be, what the purpose of life is, that know the keys to eternal life are in the hands of Jesus Christ. We have the ability to tell these people that if they'll just believe that they can have that eternal life also, it's our job. So don't give up hope on these people. Don't just give up and throw them off to the side. Let's actually work. Let's actually try to get people saved. Let's, you know, do anything. Put content out there. Come up with ideas of how we can reach these people. Let's go on soul winning marathons. Let's just knock doors and tell people right now about how they can be saved. Because as far as I'm concerned, until I'm either taken out of here by the Lord Jesus Christ himself or until I die, I want to try to get people saved. I don't care who they are. If God will save them, then I want to be able to give them the gospel. So with that, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day and all that you've done for us, Lord. I thank you for the grace that you bestowed upon us. I thank you just so much for your word and the clear teachings that are found in it. I'm so glad that you uh, created this world and that we didn't just come to be by accident and that there is a real purpose to life, Lord. And I just thank you for all this that you've done and all these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.